This is Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas, very special guest on the line, one of my cycling heroes from the early 90s, Ruthie Mathis. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, George. I'm happy to be here. Well, always a pleasure to chat with you. And um, today, I really wanted to talk about where you are in life. I mean, you were all over bike magazines and everything in the early 90s. You had such an amazing cycling career going. What are you doing now? Well, I got a variety of things. I I actually am very interested in herbalism and wild plants. And um, I'm realizing now that if I hadn't followed the cycling career I did, I think I would have been in biology and botany and followed a career in actually in ethnobotany because I find that fascinating. Yeah, do, does that make you regret the path that you took? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I had an amazing, amazing career and so many people to be thankful for in my life that, that supported me um, in racing and outside of racing. And I'm, I just feel so very, very fortunate to have been in the cycling world at that time as well with mountain biking being so very popular and prior to that road racing the steps that women made in in road racing um in the late 80s mid 80s late 80s so so no cycling was it took me all over the world which was a dream i had as a child um to travel and um i'm just i'm so grateful that i got to do that when the world was a bit more peaceful as well you've won rainbow jerseys you've got i'm sure lots of trophies what award is the most meaningful to you? Well, I think um, I, I only have one rainbow jersey, but I do have I have a collection of medals from the world. Um, but I I think that uh, well, there are two awards. One, both of them, when I was elected into the Mount Bike Hall of Fame in 2012, and also in 2011, I was. Um, inducted into the U.S. Cycling Hall of Fame, and my brother and my mother were able to attend the ceremony as well as a bunch of um, former teammates, and um, and that was a very special occasion for me to share with my family and and not have it be a race. <laughs> I mean, that would be so meaningful because that's really an honor of your entire career. Absolutely, and uh, my dad was still alive at the time, and that was. That meant a lot to me that that he could witness that, um, and yes, it does. It's it's and the people that vote the athletes in. I mean, it's it's competitors, it's people in already in the Hall of Fame, as well as surrounding um, media and support, and so it really says a lot about how the whole sport. So that that that's really very special, and I'm very honored to have have been voted in, inducted in. <laughs> now, at the end of your racing career, um, what was it that made you decide that you wanted to wrap it up? Well, there were there were a couple things. Um, I had finally made my goal of making the Olympics in 2000 in Sydney, and that had been a very long term goal of mine. I when I was three and a half, I wanted to be a ski racer in the Olympics. So I 
it was it was quite a journey. It was about about thirty two years to get there. Um, and I'd been in competition at that time for about twenty five years of my life with skiing and road cycling and mountain biking, and I I just I was I was fatigued of being on the road and constantly changing and um, venues, and I just I wanted to have a garden. I wanted to just um, step away from competition, and um, and then uh, right before my last World Championships in Vail, nine eleven happened, and I just had this sense that traveling around the world wasn't going to be as um, as much fun and as easy as it had been, you know. So um, I was just ready. I was just ready to to try new things, explore the world in a different way. Now, your two interests were in lifetime sports. Do you still ski? Are you still an active rider? Um, yeah, I um, I actually have a weekday pass here in Durango, which I'm very excited to uh, to be going up and skiing on the weekdays because I'm not big with crowds. And um, I also love cycling. I still ride. I don't ride at that level by any means. I do a lot of commuting because that's that's fun and and it keeps me. Oh my gosh! This morning I just got to share this. I had an appointment at eight o'clock and the traffic was crazy. And I was like, I never realized this because I'm on the bike path and the traffic isn't there. So um, yeah, but winter is coming, so it makes it a little more challenging. But that's okay. So no interest at all in doing any kind of club racing or anything like that. You really got the competition out of your system. Totally out of my system. I have no desire to compete. Um, I I love the camaraderie of, of doing things with my friends and um, just going at a pace. I mean, sometimes we go a little bit hard, but I, I really, I yeah, competition and pushing myself to that level, I'm done with that. Do you ever find when you're out on a ride that somebody's like, oh my gosh, that's Ruthie Mathis and I'm ahead of her or I can pass her? <laughs> I just wave at people. Yeah, I just wave at them. That's so and, good to you hear. Know, it's, it's, <laughs> what do you do? You know, it's, um, and if somebody wants to go out on a ride and, and, and hammer, well, then they're not picking the right riding partner in me because I, I just, you know, I'll go out and smell the roses and go see what's blooming or what fruits on the trees in the valley or whatever. I mean, I, I like to have a mission for my ride, you know, aside from just riding. Now, you are still involved in the industry, correct? Yes, I am. I work for Magura Direct, and it's a fantastic job. Um, it's The company is just absolutely fabulous, and they, they're they um, very supportive of me. And I, I get to learn about the new technology in different areas. We, uh, uh, we are continually developing um, suspension and brakes, and we have this new electronic seat post, which is just, amazing um to me and uh yeah it's it's a great job i really really like it and we've we've taken on distributing lightweight wheels which are phenomenal handmade carbon wheels from germany so um there's always something new and different and changing and that's exciting okay wait you have to go into an electronic seat post (laughs) 
have to does go it, into it. I don't fit in there. Does, <laughs> does it does it raise and lower for people of different heights who get on the bike? Yeah, yeah. Who oh, does? Um, what's that? It, it does. It adapts to whoever is riding the bike to get you to the optimal fit. Well, you know, it's it's the electron. It's a dropper post. So you know, in mountain biking, a lot of people they want to when they're going down a descent, they want their feet post to drop. So you can electronically do that. Push a button, and there's there's a slight a slight hesitation, and the the dropper post will drop down. And so, and then it's and they you can preset it right, so you, it'll come back up to your riding height. So it's pretty darn cool. Were you involved with so, the testing at all? No, I wasn't. It was actually the uh, that was all done in Germany. So yeah, but we should have. We should be shipping production in the new, right in the new year. So, so question for you. I guess all I'm doing is asking you questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so many things now on a bike are electronic. W- what do you think is next? Brakes? Mm, I don't know. I Wow, that's a good question because we have an electronic fork and we have electronic rear shock. And they talk to each other. Um, yeah, I boy, I yeah. And then they're shifting, of course, which this is not a McGurk product, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll come up with electronic. I well, then we've got our electric bike. Right. I mean, we've already got electronic so. drivetrains. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and McGurk is involved with Bosch on that side too. So, um, wow. I don't know. With kind of curious what more can be electronicized <laughs> that's a word <laughs> really i mean i guess human humans we could put battery packs on to plug in or something i'm not sure so what advances obviously we're not going to put a battery pack on you <laughs> what advances yeah. in training have you seen that you kind of wish had been around when you were racing uh I, or are there any? Well, I haven't, honestly, in the last 15 years, I haven't kept up on the, I think the last thing that was a big deal was the altitude tent. I was like, I don't want to sleep in an altitude tent. My golly. Um, I just, you know, you I never, I, I never, <laughs> you know, those whole climatized things that people would sleep in, I'm like, I don't want to sleep at altitude because I don't sleep great at altitude. Why would I sacrifice my rest? You know, but that's, that's old news. I mean, that was happening around 2000. Um, I think the, one of the things that I, um, missed out on was, was better nutrition. Um, when I was racing, it was a very high carbo diet and I mean, it, it doesn't, it, we all know, we all know, right? I mean, I'm put that in quotes, but um, that a healthy, balanced diet with good fats is so much, it supports the body so much better. And that's one thing that I wish I'd had more awareness of in my younger athletic days because my body took a toll from that high-carbohydrate diet. And what do you do to stay fit these days? Oh, I like to hike. I really enjoy hiking. Um, then I do some riding and of course I'll, I'll ski this winter. So, um, and I also, I am in Qigong class, which 
is, I just absolutely love it. It involves meditation and movement and stretching and strengthening. And it's very, um, it's very holistic and in mind, body, spirit. And I, that is a tool that I am so happy to have found now. And I think that really would have assisted my athletic, um, power and strength and just calmness, the meditation part. And it's, it's just, a, it's such an amazing, amazing form of, um, exercise. Now, do you know of any writers that you especially influenced, uh, coming up through the ranks as you were, uh, coming up to retirement? Oh, oof. wow. Um, hmm. <laughs> uh, I I can't pop off any names right now. I, I've I've had a lot of people say thank you for inspiring me, and and I'm grateful that I could be that for people. Um, I'm not exactly sure I could I could do any name dropping right now. Because <laughs> well, you, you really were at leading the curve in your mountain bike career. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was at a really fortunate time to be in mountain biking, and and part of that, I I think is is I'm just so lucky. You know, I worked hard at the same time. It was timing, and I didn't have anything to do with the timing of it, in a sense, other than participating and being able to do it. But you know what I mean? I it was just this wave, and I got in at the right timing now you're either an awesome actress uh <laughs> i just really need to know how were you able to always look so happy uh i don't know <laughs> i uh i i don't know i mean i had one friend in france say i will never watch you race again the suffering you endured in that race was too much for me to watch well, it so, seems like any time there was someone with a camera from a magazine around, they got you smiling. <laughs> there are there there's a few out there where I'm looking pretty worked over, but but thank you, George. I mean, I appreciate that. I well, I I feel really fortunate to have, have had the career that I had and the support that I had um, in the industry, and as well as the spectators and public. And my mom, my mom was around a lot, um, so I think. You know, that happiness was part of just being grateful for for the for, for the the fortune that I had. What was your favorite race that you ever did? One race? My most favorite one race? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, okay. I I still have very clear memories of the world championship when I won the world championships in Italy and um I mean, I can I can close my eyes and be on the descent going into the finish and be on the climb before that and, and knowing that there were some very strong women chasing me and um, but I had a, a, a good gap and I just, I remember, this is funny, I, I remember looking down at my Avocet computer, you know the one with the two little buttons? Oh yeah. Small computer, yeah. <laughs> and just looking down at it and um, determining how far I had to go. And then I was like, don't even just pay attention. 
pay attention and don't be at the finish line before you get there. And I came screaming into the stadium and there was this big puddle and I hit the puddle and I could have totally wiped out, but I caught myself and I was like, man, you just, it's like never count your chickens before they're hatched. And so that was a really, um, I don't know why, I don't even know how, it was just such a pertinent, pertinent memory of like, yeah, just be right in the moment, be present be very, very present. Don't jump ahead and don't get off in some daydream. And um, and that was a very useful thing to, um, to carry forward from that day on in my career was that be, be present. Be with what's happening now. And uh, especially during the race. In racing, there's a lot of planning and there's a scheduling and there's a lot of living in the reviewing the past and training for the future. And I found myself not being as much in the moment as I could be. And of course, this is my memory looking back from now, but I find it in my current life as well, that it's so very important to just be present because now is the time that I can change something um, based on perhaps what happened in the past and perhaps on what I would like to have happen in the future. And so it's just being very mindful um, of of what's going on and being present to that. Was there a certain competitor who really got you fired up that you really felt good when you raced against that person? Um, I was always very challenged by uh, Julie Furtado. She was so strong and so determined. And Allison Sider as well just amazing competitors with a lot of depth and a lot of strength and savvy. Um, I, there, those are two of the people that come to mind at this moment. Um, I retired the, what, 14 years ago and I haven't, I don't really think about racing a whole lot. I mean, it comes up every now and then, but I don't, um, yeah, I don't, although, I, I take that back, actually, because we had a 25th anniversary party here in Durango for the anniversary of the first world championships here. And so there were a number of competitors who came here, medalists. And it was really fun to be in the club, you know, with it, it was I mean, like there's a high school reunion, right? But the racing reunion was like these people know what suffering is. They know what success and glory is and it's just this whole thing where you don't even have to really say anything but you're with your people and that was really really special to share in that and then us gals got together and we were having coffee we were like let's get together and do something fun you know and that was super super neat to have that 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 um desire to just regroup not be competitive but just because they are your people they're part of your tribe i don't know if that makes a lot of sense but it's it's that community and that communion in it. Actually, totally makes sense. And I'm wondering, is there anything that you've done since that has that sense of family and community and people that you really share something with? Um, mm, Yes, it is. I, I'm involved in Jin Shin Jitsu, which is a form of energy um, healing. And I would say that 
there's there is that as well. I was able I hadn't been to a class in four years and I went down to Tucson and there were some people that I had met years before and they were there and it was it was like another class reunion. It's like, ah, it feels so good to be here and be in your presence. So so yes, and I think that I mean, it's why do people join racing teams or why do they keep racing? There's that familiarity in that that community and it's so so important and I think I've just you know I stepped out of the competitive side of cycling but I still enjoy like getting together with the people from back in the day you know or like I said my the new the new group that I'm in and there's a group of farmers here who you know it's it's finding that likeness and those things that we love to do and then being able to share it is really special. Now, the question I've been dying to ask you since you brought this up at the very beginning of our conversation, <laughs> tell us about your garden. Oh, <laughs> well, my garden needs some love. I um, I grew some amazing garlic this year, and I did get that planted. Um, and I have big plans for next year. My collard greens were incredible, my kale, but I think the succession of freezing weather is um, I don't have a greenhouse yet, um, but the succession of cold weather has pretty much put it to bed. But I have big plans for next year, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, I well. did. I yeah, and I did work on a local farm here, a CSA farm, um, and uh, it was it was so much fun. Just uh, Adobe Adobe Farms is just wonderful to be in that group of people as well. You know, you sound so fulfilled with your life and happy, and uh, it's great to hear. Ruthie, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks very much for taking the time. Thank you, George. I appreciate it. Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.